You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. I want us to have a conversation on our Family Matters feature this morning about blended families, but specifically what happens to the kids when a blended family splits. So a blended family or a step family forms when you and your partner make a life together with the children from one or both of your previous relationships. Yeah. So we are focusing on how the end of that blended family affects children. Many remarriages create blended families. The children involved are thrust into a world of steps, whether it's stepmothers, stepfathers, step-siblings, you know, step-grandparents. So when that marriage or relationship ends, it doesn't only affect you as partners. It affects the children that have been brought into this union. In some instances, the children that the two of you have had together have their stepbrothers, their stepsisters, growing up with them. So they form a strong bond. And then what happens when you guys split? Hmm? What happens to your children that you brought in? What happens to your partner's children that came with them? Should they continue living as siblings even though their parents are no longer together? Yeah? Sometimes it's stepchildren that have depended on you for so long. Right? Yes, they are not your flesh and blood you have no legal obligations to them after the split, but you cared for them. What do you do? And, and I know sometimes the kids themselves take sides. So I want us to discuss how we navigate a scenario where there's a blended family, there are children from different sides, and maybe even children that were born from this household, and those children have grown up with a bond and a relationship that is now formed with the other step-siblings. What happens to your relationship with your stepchildren after your divorce from their parent, after the end of the relationship with their parent? That's what we're looking at today. You can share your experiences with us on 011-883-0702. The WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. Debbie House is a clinical psychologist who's going to guide us through this discussion. Debbie, thank you so much for making time. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Thanks so much for inviting me. Sure. The, what are... So before there's, there's, there's a relationship, you know, that's solid or there's a marriage, you know, couples often, especially those bringing, you know, coming with their own children from previous relationship, they've got to take that tough decision of, when do I introduce my children to my partner? When do I introduce my partner to my children? And I suppose those are the first things you consider as a parent when you've decided you are with someone who's got their own children, you've got your own. So maybe first help us understand the first things to consider for parents when they decide to introduce each other to children that they had before this marriage, before this relationship. Um, yes, there's a lot of um, dynamics involved in merging two families. Um, but I think the most important thing to consider for both sides is honesty and telling the truth. 
Um, a lot of parents will hide the fact that they're already in a relationship with somebody else. And sometimes when they disclose or they want to introduce them, they do it at the last minute, which comes as quite a shock to the children who didn't even know that the parent was kind of in a relationship. Mm. So I think it's important as soon as possible, just to let the children know I'm in a relationship, it's maybe not serious, but I'm starting to see it. So it starts to give the children um, an idea of preparation that there might be another <clears throat> another spouse or somebody coming in as a step parent. Um, but it's not to introduce the children too soon. It's just to let them know, you know, that I am meeting people and maybe this person are kind of seeing him. Um, but it's to give them preparation beforehand where the truth is always told of who they seen so that they don't just leave it till the last minute and it can come as quite a shock to the to the children that there is a new person mm. coming in. So preparation is important. And also um when you another factor to consider when you do introduce them is um the depth of commitment that you feel with this partner. So if you're not certain about it or if you've got doubts whether it's going to be long-term, that's just a factor to consider as well before you introduce them so as not to build their hopes or to um, <clears throat> create any confusions in that way as mm. well. So that's just some of the things, yeah. Yeah. And what about the process of introducing your children to their step-siblings? When do you do that and, and how should you do it? Uh, and I imagine... You know, Debbie, it's it's more complex when it's children now that are, are meeting these strangers that they're going to share this household with. So maybe as children you were used to, oh, I used to live with mommy. We had our own bedrooms. And then now we've got to share our bedrooms with the other kids and, and vice versa. You know, the other children are feeling the same way as well. So it can be very complex to introduce the step, you know, siblings What's best? What's the best way to do it? I think it's linked to the um, also the preparation. So if you are feeling like it's getting serious, and then you've told the children, "I am in this relationship," and there are others, he does have children or she does have children, then it's to maybe start to once you feel there could be a long term commitment, then it's to start maybe preparing them by letting them meet each other. Um, for the first time, maybe um, going out somewhere and just make it a, a place where there, there's something that they can be interacting so that they can start to get to know each other. But beforehand is to always prepare them with the information of the possibilities for what could be happening going forward. But it's also to consider the child's needs and to ask the child, are you ready to meet them? Would you like to let me know when is a suitable time for you? Because often parents don't take into consideration the timing and the needs of the children. So it's to also ask the children, how do you feel about that? Let me know when you're ready to meet them so that you allow them to be um, included in the decision-making process because mm. that just makes them feel valuable and that they are considered and valued. Mm. And it's also, it depends on the age of the child. If the children are very young, it's good to let them know that the possibility is that these children might be coming to live with us 
But the important thing is to let the child know, especially if they're younger, that it's not going to change the way you feel about them and that they still are loved and important and that you'll always be their parent, but that somebody else will be coming in just to reassure them that somebody else is not going to make it, um, be more important than them. Because yeah. that's a big fear of a child is somebody else is going to take away that love and support that I have from my original biological mm. parent. So, so to reassure them and mm. to allow them to help them. Yeah. So so once all of that is done and, and we are a big, happy, blended family, and, and then God forbid there's a divorce or the relationship comes to an end, how does that affect the children uh, or even the relationship between the step-siblings themselves who have grown to love and treat each other as, you know, imagine, let's say, biological, you know, siblings. I mean, some divorces are so hard and, and they take an, mm-hmm. a lot of emotional toll that even as, you know, a stepmother, you are barred from communicating with your stepchildren or as a stepfather, you are now barred from communicating with these kids that you took as your own. So take us through the impact of the end of this union once you are a blended family, particularly on the children themselves who've grown up now treating each other as siblings and now, you know, mommy and daddy are moving, are going separate ways and what do we do? And am I still your sibling? Mm, that's that is um it's got a lot of factors and can be quite traumatic but it's important to mention that it's not only to make an assumption that they have bonded sometimes there's a lot of resentment and anger where the child doesn't like the step parent so sometimes it can actually bring a relief where there's a lot of conflict where the children couldn't bond with the step parents or the or the siblings so there could have been a lot of conflict so it's so it does happen on both sides. Sometimes it's a relief where those dynamics are leaving. But in the case where they do bond and they do form substantial solid relationships, <clears throat> it brings up the same themes of separation anxiety, which most people have to encounter at some stage. So for me, whenever there's a separation or where there's a loss of somebody that's close to you or loves you, um, it's an inevitable aspect of life, but it always is there to teach the individual how to really find their own self, to find that inner source of their own identity that helps them to break codependent cycles where the key to their love and support is outside of them. So separation is always there as an opportunity to grow within, to become whole. But a child will often copy the patterns of the parents And if the parents have got emotional problems relative to codependent patterns where they can't function alone as an entity, they need somebody else to define their sense of value, Mm -hmm. then the child will pick up that and copy that. So the onus is on the parents also to become more emotionally balanced and to work on their own selves because the way the parent deals with separation will be a primary factor in teaching the children how to deal with that as well. Mm. Um, but it's always an opportunity for growth yeah. on all levels. Yeah. Let's take some inputs and some questions from some of our listeners who are also sharing their experiences. 072-702-1702. That's where you can send your WhatsApp voice notes or texts. Your calls on 011 8830702 have you ever been part of a blended family and perhaps you grew up with your step siblings what happened when mommy and daddy decided to go 
their separate ways? Did you continue that relationship? And, and I want to hear from the parents themselves. As a stepmom, as a stepdad, did you have to stop communication with your stepchildren or, or was that allowed to, to continue? How did that separation affect your relationship? Abel, you're calling us from uh, Kronstadt. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, man. What do you want to say? All right. Thank you. Uh, my story is a bit long. I'll try and cut it short. So I I have eight children. Mm. Um, I had a girlfriend. We had a child. And then I didn't marry her. And then I married another lady. We had two kids. And then we divorced. After divorce, so I've got three children from two months. Then... I married another woman who had four kids and was divorced. So it's seven. Mm. So it was seven children and the two of us and we had a nanny. You can imagine how full the house was. Mm. And uh, my my wife passed on. After passing on, I am now with living with a partner who also had a child and that's number eight. So mm. you can imagine where we are going. Mm. <laughs> but But the relationship is so... It's so close. Yeah. Like, I, we even have a WhatsApp group, you know. We even have a WhatsApp group where we are talking in the WhatsApp group. Wow. But yeah, it, it, it's just such a, a it, it's a blessing. I just mm. feel so blessed why this, you know, all of these children are, are behaving like that. And how's their know? relationship, Abel? Your, the ch- your own, I mean, your biological children and, and the children from um, your, your wife who is now late and, and condolences, man. How's their relationship? Are they treating themselves to each other as like, you know, we're all siblings, we're happy, we get along? And, or, or was there a change in their relationship um, as soon as, you know, the others, their mom passed on? Clement, it's so unbelievable. And, and hence I'm saying I, I see the hand of God. It is so unbelievable. It's like those kids, they, they love it. Like now, I'm not staying with them. So I'm staying with my partner um but at a point where we used to live together, they are so connected and they love each other. Even in the WhatsApp group, it's like uh, there's just so much love, man. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. Hence, I'm saying there's just the hand of God. It's so unbelievable. Mm. No, Abel. Mm. Um, I, I myself can't mm. even believe it. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm glad that's, that's a wonderful experience um, for you. Thank you so much for, 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 for calling Abel in Kronstadt sharing his own experience. Uh, Debbie, there are instances where there are these success stories um, in, in blended families, right? As long as you've got, you know, I suppose parents who are mature enough and they think about the interest of the children and, and not just focus on, you know, whatever has led to them separating or having issues with, with their partners. Yes, um, it also brings up another theme that's important to look at as well is sometimes when, um, for example, the loss of a biological mom, as in his case, of death, and sometimes when a parent is lost or separated or divorced, then sometimes the child will turn to the siblings to be their parent, and they will look to each Mm -hmm. other as siblings to form that bond of parent. And normally one of the siblings will adopt that that role of being a parent for the other kids. Um, But sometimes that can place a burden on the older kids that become the surrogate parent role. And later stage, it can cause problems for them where they'll always feel that that is their value in life. 
And sometimes late in life, they'll attract relationships where they always feel they have to mother them or father them to the detriment of their own needs being met. So in the long term, it's always good to look at those dynamics um, of parent-child, adult-child role reversal, where the child learns to become the adult too soon because it can have emotional repercussions at a later stage. Mm -hmm. So it's something to be aware of. Yeah. Mm. Um, a message from Anonymous says, Hi, Clement. I was once part of a blended family, and let's just say it was interesting. We were basically two camps living under one roof with different family values because the parents had a different philosophy of raising kids. So my parent raised us as they saw fit, and so did the other. That's already grounds for a very shaky foundation. When it all ended many years later, no matter how many years you have all been coexisting, Blood is always thicker than water. Ooh, and and that, that's a good point, Debbie, because, and I said earlier, sometimes the kids themselves take sides. And, and then suppose the natural, most obvious ways is, you know, if, if you came in with your dad or you came in with your mom, you are somehow going to side with them. Not always, but mostly that's probably what you're going to see. And this listener says, no matter how long you've coexisted with those step-siblings, um, and you had that stepmom, that stepdad, at the end of the day, blood is always thicker than water. Yes, that is true. Um, so it does have a lot more impact because the child is bonded from normally from early childhood with those patterns. But sometimes it's also a good thing to have different styles of parenting in families because it just gives the child that um, ability to see things from both sides and then often it helps them to choose from their inside what works for them better. But at the end, yeah, often they do return to the biological parents because it's a form of survival where they feel that's where their safety and their source of love is, if it is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So should parents sit the kids down and, and explain, and I know it's going to talk a lot of work, you know, a lot of emotional strength, a lot of maturity, especially where there's betrayal involved, where your partner has betrayed you. How, how diff it, it can really be difficult to sit down with the same person and say, let's do this, you know, for the benefit of the kids and explain to the kids that we've decided to go our separate ways, but you guys can still maintain this bond um, that you have, is it best to do that when you've gotten to a point where separation is being considered or is a decision that's been taken, talk to the kids or send them to therapy and, and should it be group therapy, individual? How should parents navigate a scenario where they've decided they want to go separate ways but they would like the children to stay as siblings and, and, and have a relationship um, it's a good, it's a good point because <clears throat> first of all, the most important thing is that the parent needs to be balanced and stable in their own way of dealing with the separation or the betrayal. Because if the parent is operating still on the emotional level of a wounded child in themselves, which often parents are, then what tends to happen is the parent starts to poison the child against the, um, mm. the spouse and they start to put the child in the middle. And they start to use the child as a go-between or they project their anger towards the spouse onto the child. And then they almost force the child 
to be on their side, but it's just because the adult is trying to get the, the child to be their parent to agree with them. So it's important that the parent go for counseling to balance that so that they don't project their anger or their needs onto the child and expect the child to be their strong one or the adult or the mediator. So it's important that the parent works on their own emotional challenges so that they don't impose that on the child, which frees the child a lot more to make their own decisions whether they still like to be in contact with the siblings or not. But if circumstantially um, it might be distance or it's difficult for them to to keep that connection going with the siblings, then um, if the parent has managed separation and doesn't project it onto the child, the way the parents copes with it, and especially if they're happy and move on with their lives and get on with their um, their relationships in a balanced way, that will start to um, influence the child in a positive way because the child always copies and mimics the way it sees the parents coping. If the parents are happy and balanced and move on elegantly, that's the best gift you give to a child mm. is your own empowerment as an adult. Mm. I mean, yeah. some parents met their stepchildren when they were still toddlers and they raised them until they are adults. I imagine that makes it even more complex. Yeah. And often then if the, um, if they had been raised in early childhood, there would have been an earlier separation with that toddler from the biological parent. So the most traumatic separation is always a child from its biological parent. And then if it bonds with a step parent, when the step parent circumstantially is forced to leave or leaves, it triggers off the early separation anxiety that it first experienced with the biological mother or father. So it's just an added layer on to that initial separation trauma that they're dealing with from their biological parent. But as I said before, it's often an opportunity for that individual to grow and to start stepping into their own self-love and being able to be their own mother and father eventually. So these are all um, steps and aspects that do happen with that. Mm, yeah. Yo, Debbie, how is a clinical psychologist guiding us through this important conversation on our Family Matters feature this morning where we are looking at blended families but with a specific focus on children and, and what happens to the kids when a blended family splits and maybe you were part of a blended family. How did you navigate that with your siblings? Yeah? Uh, and if you were a stepmom, maybe you were a stepdad, when the relationship ended, did you continue the relationship with your stepkid, you know, your stepkids? And did you prepare your children for divorce or, or for that kind of separation? I'm interested in your experiences, your inputs on 11 8830702. Also call us on 0727021702. Family Matters. It's 25 minutes before 12 o'clock. I'm going to your calls on 011-883-0702. Uh, the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. What's your experience with blended families? We are talking about blended families, but with the specific focus on children and what happens to them when a blended family splits. Have you been in that situation before as a as a sibling where you've got step-siblings, your parents decide to go their separate ways and you are stuck in confusion and you don't know, do I continue the relationship with you know, my sibling or not? 
or as a step parent or as a step dad or a step mom after the separation did you continue your relationship um with your stepchildren you can give me a call or send me a WhatsApp voice note. Debbie House is a clinical psychologist guiding us through this discussion. If you've got some questions about how to navigate these issues, you're welcome to also reach out. Lerato, you're calling us from Pretoria. Good morning. Hi, Clemens. Thank you for taking my call. So, what a, it's a beautiful topic, very close to home. Mm. So, my situation is I had a child at just adversity and I married another person divorced and, and and then my child was introduced into this new family mm. then i divorced that my partner went on with life with my daughter and that she experienced that anxiety separation anxiety from her biological father and now from the stepfather mm. and later in my life i met a partner i i had another child who's now like two years old the difference between them and my elder, my child is 18. So I have an 18-year child and a two-year child, and I've met a partner who's got his own children who are also separated from their mother. Mm. So, yo, <laughs> you know, when you said the topic, I actually said in the car, I'm at work, I'm like, yo, this is so close to home. Mm. And so what we decided with my current partner is before we even go into marriage or let's do counseling, see, mm. get help so that we don't actually suffer the same things and help to put children through all this. It, it's it's ensure it's hard enough for us as adults, and I I don't want to subject, especially my eldest child, to this because already he's been separated from her father, mm. from the stepfather, and now I am looking at the possibility of sharing my life with another person. One of the issues we've discussed with my current partner is. So if we were to ha- ha- bring all of us together, my children will not be comfortable staying in your house where you've raised your children and it's been their home. Mm. And you, uh, because you are a man, you cannot necessarily come and stay with me and my children in my home where it's their comfort zone. And so it means we may have to now buy a new home where all, I don't know, six of us are going to come together. Mm. So it's a... It's Thank you so much for bringing this and for bringing this and helping us just to say how best to navigate those mm. challenges and more so protect the val- the most vulnerable, which are the children. Yeah. And so, yes, I asked Pia if we could get the details of Daddy. Maybe she can also help us with, yeah. you know, just that counseling, how to navigate and mostly prepare. Because once it's done, it's done. Like I'm, I'm saying already, I'm having a teenager dealing with separate anxiety from the biological father and the stepfather. They had a relationship of some kind, although mm. she got to know that the second guy is not her dad, but he had raised... Actually, we had actually changed her surname to the sure. my, my previous husband. So yeah. it's also culturally from where we come from. It's a mess. Because you may have to cleanse the family, the children's feelings, and all those things. So, so Lerato, is your ex your ex husband now still in touch with with your daughter? Though, if you're saying they were close, what happens? Are they still in touch? Yeah, they yeah somewhat. So on her birthday, he would call and say happy birthday, Nana. But they never really had it because that marriage was also very short-lived. Okay. So we, I married him when she was three and I left when she was seven. Okay. And so she kind of grew up knowing, okay, but not really having a very tight relationship. But as she grew, we were on his medical aid. He kept on 
taking care of us for a while or supporting her in that particular way for a while. So, yes, but I think psychologically, maybe a child had looked up to this person subconsciously to be their parent. Mm. And when it didn't happen, luckily for me and her, we were close. So she would say, Mama, you are my everything. You are my mom and you are my dad. And the dad, when she became 16, she wanted to have a relationship with her biological dad, and he wasn't there. And so he, she grew up longing for a father figure. And every time she's at 20 now, she's saying, Mama, I wish for you to find us a dad. <laughs> she likes Aww, to say, but find uh, us a dad yeah. that will help you with your financial challenges, with your life. And I think she's is just close to saying, Father, like, be a dad to me and now my brother my little brother doesn't really have a relationship with his dad it's just a big <laughs> mm. I don't want to say mess I want to speak life into the situation but I'm saying these things are so common mm. and this topic is couldn't have come at the right time for yeah. us and and thank you no and thank so thanks I hope to we you can have the service of daddy yes I will give you the, like you know psychological help to help especially prepare because I mean at 40 I cannot say I'm not going to marry anymore or be in a stable relationship anymore, mm. but I also have to think for the children. So I'm, I'm a classic example, like the guy from Kronstadt who called you with eight children. Mm. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> it does. Lerato, thanks to you for, for, for calling us and sharing your experience with us. Um, I will put you back to, uh, to Sia and then we'll, we'll get you in touch with, with Debbie. Um, and then, yeah, and, and you guys can, can, can book and get some assistance from Debbie. So, uh, Sia will, will hook you up with, with her contacts. Kenny, you are in the West End. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. Kenny, how are you? Yes, I'm fine. Let me get to some members as well. Hmm. Now, I'm trying to have the same problem, and it's hard because there are children as well. My stepdaughter has a son. They like me a lot. In fact, they have no choice because their family is broken. Maya have a, a stable family, so they are with my grandmother, my mother at my at my home at some stage. Now, my mother is with me because of sick. Now, always, I get them over the phone. Um, my, my, my stepson is run away from my place where I was working. I had to take care of was a social worker. It was heartbreaking, my brother. I, up to so far, it is, they just hide my, step, my, my daughter, my daughter, daughter, my stepson, because he's always crying to come to me. My, they are close to my son. My son is doing great level now. He's, Impacted or emotional because they were like a big brother, even the stepson. That's why I chose to go to the kid because they were close. But it just didn't happen. So the son was taken by force. The stepson that is doing right now is Yeah. Also, my mother is with me. He can't talk now, but he's in bed. He can't take it because the marriage was just broken. Our, our, the children were like, have no friends for me except my mother. So then they were taken because the is broken. Other other stepson is just run recently by himself for the for to take and back. So even me, I go approaching the family courts regarding that stuff. But because my mother is very sick, I can't continue. I have just to wait until the day decides she decides that because it's touching a lot to the children in my stepdaughter, my daughter in school. Was she is a bully fighter now? I have to attend those situations. Mm-hmm. No, I can't fight anymore because it's a biological matter. You know, and you don't to attend the psychologist and psychologist say, No, you can't force you at some stage arrested because of abusing the children. She was out, but he mm-hmm. just, now I, 
go fight my brother. I'm, so wh- where I'm are the kids her. now? Are they with her? Yeah, my kids are with her. I, I, with her. I, I don't know where they are. But she, she, she's next to me in Grandfontein at my house, but my children are not there. So uh, she, I don't know where she had the children. We've been looking after her with the, with the police with the corruption order. She go at some stage in, 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 in there. She was uh, she said she would bring the children to me. I still never. But now my mother is very ill, and my my son as well. Yeah. So I <laughs> I had to stand up to look after the children. I get the call. I give them the manual. The time what I tell them, let's meet in somewhere. Some some one at some stage now. I need them next to the school. I mm. I go to the school. I talk to the principal. I give them what I was saying. Then I was supposed to go to court. My mother just collapsed, and I stopped yeah. that thing. I, so, Kenny, I'm I'm sorry about that, man, and and I wish you all the best. Sounds like you've got so much, um, uh, on your plate, and and that's so tricky when and and Debbie, help us here when you have, you know, stepchildren that even after you've separated with their biological mom or dad, they still want to be in touch with you, but their mother or their father doesn't want that, um. Yeah, how do you how do you navigate that? Because there are some who say, "Well, I've grown up knowing you as dad, or I've appreciated the bond I've created with you as my stepmom." So the fact that you guys are separating, sure, but I still want to be in touch with you. And sometimes, as a biological parent, there are some that may feel you are betraying me. You know what that person did to me, leading to me leaving them, and yet you still maintaining a relationship. Yes, that brings up the um, theme of generational patterns because a lot of these challenges and and dynamics that are happening is often reflecting generational patterns where children are growing up with adult parents who are often emotionally wounded children themselves. So it's like a child growing up a child. And then generationally these patterns get passed down. And unfortunately, if the adult biological parent is still wounded as a child in her own emotional functioning, then she's going to feel threatened if the sibling wants to attach to the step-parent. She'll take it personally as Mm. um, a personal attack on her own mothering skills. But it's often just an indication that that biological parent um, hasn't healed their own wounds of missing of support structures. So that's also another indication of how they're expecting the child to be there for them, where the parent expects the child to be their parent, which means they want the love from the child, which means they feel threatened if the child's getting the love from a step-parent or giving it them. So it's just indicating the wounds of the parents that are forcing the child to be the emotional strength for the parent, which is the wrong way around. The parent needs to be so balanced that they don't, as I said, project their needs onto the child, don't take it personally if they do get bonded to the step-parent. But the fact that they do bond to a step-parent is already an indication that that bond between the biological parent and the child is not fully installed. Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't attack the parent. And then also getting back to Lerato's um, one where the child grows up and the father keeps um, becoming absent, that child learns to mistrust the male principle where they learn that um, anything that I bond to, anything that's the male protective that's there for me, it disappears or it goes away. So they start to lose faith in the principle of that male principle. 
And then when they grow up, they have difficulties in actually being their own father because we have to learn to be our own mother and father. And when that um, role model is missing, that's hard for them to learn how to be their own father or their own mother. So it just keeps affecting their own relationships as well, where they'll in turn attract males that will be either betray them or be absent as well. That's why it's very important within each individual to keep balance the mother-father-child principles in each person, whether it's a child or an adult. Yeah. Sure. Let's go to Tabisa now, who's calling from Tembisa. Tabisa, good morning. Morning, Clement. How are you? Sharp, sharp. How are you? Last time caller, buddy. Welcome. Hi. Listen, man, um, I'm happy you bringing this issue out. Um, I agree with the, the lady there who's saying the best possible way is to sit them down, both families, both kids, and try to explain to them. It's not an easy thing for them to understand, but at least if you parents, step parents, you're sitting them down and explaining to them that this is our issue, this is what we're going to do, and it's all for the best of you as kids. Mm. I think that can work. Mm. Well, yeah, because at the end them. of the day, the ones that are, are still going to suffer. Yeah, no, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Tabiso, um, thanks, man. Tabiso in Tembisa. Sit down with the kids. Tell them so, so that they don't feel abandoned. Um, here's a WhatsApp voice note that came through. Hey, Clement. Uh, this is Tapelo Msetu from Protea North. <laughs> Hey man, I'm a product of uh, a blended family. It been happened twice. Uh, mother never married my biological dad, and then I had a brother from her remarrying, and she married again. So, hey man, uh, after the whole divorces and stuff twice, hey me and my uh, step brothers. Uh, people took sides, so now everyone is living in isolation, and the parents are poisoning the children in both ways. So I need to start afresh because of now I don't have any relationship with my family, even my mother and my brother. It's all toxic. Mm, sure. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Oh, the toxicity there. Hi, Clem. I met my ex-wife when my stepson was two, and then we separated when he was 12. He's now 20, and he still stays with me and his two siblings. We are so happy, um, and I never remarried. That's a message from Anonymous. Another message says, Clement, I met my stepdaughter when she was two. We had a very close relationship until she was eight when her mom and I broke up. Sadly, her mother, my ex-partner, has ensured that the child and I do not have anything of a relationship. In fact, the child acts like she despises me. She cannot call um, me anything, not even dad, dad, or even mister. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the moral of the story is do not get too close to other people's children. That's a message from Anonymous. Uh, Debbie, that's not always the answer to, right? I mean, if, 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 they, if, if you are not going to, you're going to restrict yourself from loving your stepchildren, from getting closer to them, you know, it, at some point it's going to be obvious that 
you are not treating them as your own and you are guarding yourself against being too close and that's going to have an impact on how they experience you how you experience them and ultimately you know it's going to define the relationship you have with their biological parent yes and it always it never really is the same with somebody that's not a biological parent um but it, it, then again it just depends on the emotional balance of the parent and how much they are able to put their own needs aside and become whole in themselves so that they can offer a child, whether it's a stepchild or the biological child, that love that's unconditional, where they don't um, bring their own personal problems into that relationship. So ideally, it's for parents to become whole, where they treat the child as an individual themselves and don't project their own problems onto the child, where the child needs to be free to be able to make their own decisions, whether they stay with... Um, whoever they choose to be. It always has to be in the best interests of the child. Um, but unfortunately, oh, it doesn't really happen that way. And as a child, we get imprinted with a lot of these patterns in early childhood. So the child will copy the survival coping mechanisms of parents. And then they just buy into that and continue those often toxic patterns. But the aim is for each person to to recognize those and heal them within ourselves. So we have to generationally start to heal these patterns that continue from family to family. And that's the opportunity that's there always. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for children, you know, especially those that are old enough to, you know, listen to this conversation and understand what advice do you have for them, you know, when it comes to, you know, their parents separating, whether it's their biological and their stepdad or stepmom separating. You spoke earlier about how perhaps, you know, children can avoid taking sides, but parents, you know, you don't want to talk bad about the other person because you want to somehow define the kind of relationship your children have with their stepdad or their stepmom, but you also want to allow the kids themselves to process this divorce or this this, this separation and, and appreciate it, just acknowledge how they feel. So for, for, for children listening to us whose parents are divorcing or they've divorced, how would you advise them um, to deal with that? The important thing for a child to remember is that often parents can also have problems and they're not always perfect because a child always looks up to parents thinking that they know everything and that the way they're doing it is correct. But it's to remember that parents can have problems and are not always doing things in a way that are ideal or functional. So as a child, it's also to remember that if the parent does try and pull you to their side or poison you against the other one. It's important that the child has the courage to be able to stand up and say, no, don't. Um, I'd like to make my own decisions about how I feel about the person. And if the child is put in the middle as a go-between, if, for example, the father says to the child, go and tell your mother this, as the child, you have a right to tell the father, no, don't ask me to go and tell her. You go and tell her yourself. Mm -hmm. So as a child, you need to know that you have a right to tell the parents not to use me as a go-between. You can say to the parents, don't ask me to do that. Go and talk to each other yourselves because I'm just the child 
It's nothing to do with me. So as a child, you need to know that that you're allowed to have your own feelings, your own needs, to make your own decisions, and to communicate that to the parents because that often educates the parents how they are dysfunctional in their relationship with you. So as a child, often a lot of children these days do have a strong will, and they do know how they're feeling and what's right and wrong. But it's just to have the courage to be able to gently assert that to the parents, to let them know, I'm comfortable, I want to see this person with a step in. It's totally separate from your relationship with that person. And it's to let them know that I'm still going to be doing that if if possible, um, so that the parent doesn't take it personally. Mm-hmm. So it's just to remember their own rights as a child, to communicate and have freedom of expression of your own needs and not to allow yourself to be caught in the middle of something that's actually not really their problem. Mm. Um, Debbie, yeah. we, we have connected you with some listeners that asked for your contacts, but but those who haven't reached out yet and, and they'd like to get in touch with you, is there a website, is there an email address? How, how can they get in touch? Yes, uh, my website is www.debbiehouse.com. Okay. So they can go and look Debbie, yeah. thank you. Um, you you are always great in in helping us navigate these these sensitive but so important conversations. I appreciate your time as always. Debbie House is a clinical psychologist.